You're listening to the Huck and Ride Podcast, the show that celebrates the two-wheeled lifestyle from pros to beginners and everything in between. Proudly brought to you by Kenda, the tire that's designed for your journey, the Huck and Ride Podcast is homegrown on two wheels. And now, here's your hosts, Jason Simpson and Lala Naharis. Here we are, joining uh, us is a very special guest to us, uh, Trevor Mejia. So welcome, Trevor. Hello, nice, nice for you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Huck and Ride is uh, what ten episodes? Ten in. episodes in. So, thanks everyone for being out there and watching us or listening to us. Yeah. And uh, using our codes we give out there for the discounts and. We've had some great guests on, and this one is definitely another one near and dear to my heart. Um, I've, I've, Coach and I have played some roles in his life, so I love it. So thank you, thank you. This this means a lot to me. Yeah, it should be fun. I've never done a, a podcast before, so I've definitely listened to a bunch of them, but it'll be cool to, to do one myself. There you go. It, it's it's pretty cool. Like it, because you, we, what we do is we just start leading off and – who knows where we go? Yeah, yeah sounds, exactly. That's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a shot right now. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get ready for it, huh? Yep, there you go. So, Trevor, um, why don't you share with us? Um, Lala and I obviously know a lot about your background because we, between work and riding and racing and bike team, We've been a, we've spent quite a bit of time together, but mm-hmm. um, for the listeners out there, what got you into biking? What how old were you, and what got you into it? So, or I should say mountain biking. Let's be yeah specific. So I guess I've really been riding bikes my whole life, just growing up riding bikes. But um, first got into it in high school. Um, I'd say maybe late later than most people who race bicycles yeah. do, um, just for fun. Um, my friend Blake, I bought his bike. Um, was like, well, it clapped out when Blake sold it to you? Let's be real. No, it was fine. Okay. He, <laughs> he worked at Sports Chile, so he was, he was a mechanic there and it was fine. It was like 400 bucks. It was like a GT, um, Avalanche hardtail. Nice. Um. Good job, Blake. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted, we all, all of our buddies rode in high school. So, um, but yeah, I rode and I rode that thing everywhere and kind of became like addicted to it, I would say. Um, just is just a really fun thing to do, and I'd always loved riding bikes, and I could, I didn't realize how much I could really explore everywhere around my hometown just with this simple little hardtail bicycle, and um, I didn't really know anything about the bicycle industry or anything about it, but I just knew that it was fun, and I really enjoyed doing it because I could ride from my house anywhere. Um, and yeah, I rode that thing probably for about a year, and then. Um, I got a giant glory, like before the new one, new style one came right. out and, uh, started to ride that thing on downhill trails next to my high school. Um, just so cause you say hometown and high school, where are you from? So I grew up in Santa Clarita, California, which, uh, for those of you who don't know is I guess by Six Flags, Magic Mountain, right. um, a little landmark. Um, but I actually went to school in the San Fernando Valley in West Hills, um, which is currently where I live, um, which is kind of funny. I didn't really expect to be living there, but that's how it ends up. Um, but yeah, so I, 
after school and high school, we'd always go to the little local hills and uh, ride these gnarly, rocky downhill trails on bikes that were not really meant for it. But that's <laughs> what we did until we had, and it was fun. And um, Then they became clapped out. <laughs> yeah, and a, a buddy who um, just got his license was talking about racing a Fontana race um, just to race the bike. And I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of fun. And he did it, and it looked cool, and tried it out. And I raced the beginner class in Fontana downhill, and that was my first, like, little glimpse of racing bikes. And I was out of shape and didn't know what I was doing and just signed up because I thought it was fun. And um, kind of history from there, really. Um, just what, so what year was that? Oh, man. That must have been like 2010 okay. maybe some somewhere around then 2010 2011 um in in high school I was probably like a sophomore in high school okay um yeah just didn't really know what I was doing at all but it was really fun <laughs> having fun yeah it was really fun and yeah. um slowly but surely just um just wanted to do it every day just that's all I wanted to do I guess and um had a I had a blast doing it did you get crabby when you hadn't been on your bike for like a week um, yeah, I guess it was funny <laughs> because, um, me and all my buddies were all into downhill riding. None of us were into any kind of pedaling. We all, we only shuttled the bikes. Um, yeah, we didn't do any kind of fitness. No, nothing. Isn't that funny how, how like when you're young, like you get into like for those that get into downhill, mm -hmm. like they pick up on the shuttling so quick and it's like, this is a, a machine that moves under your own power. Uh, even you know, like, yeah, well, the, you have gravity, to but be fair, we all had downhill bikes. We right. All, we right. All no, it's just, it's just funny. It's just, it always strikes me funny. Cause I was the same way. I mean, as a 30 year old, I was the same way. Mm -hmm. Like I have a downhill bike. I'm not pedaling this thing. Yeah. I'm going to go shuttle it. it to, in our eyes, going downhill as fast as we, we could was the most fun part. And going uphill was just horrible. Yeah. Um, so to we, be all fair, I still think that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do, which right. is which is cool. Like um, pedaling uphill is dumb. I mean, that, I do it, but yeah, that's dumb. I think it's just rad what what gets people going, fired up in mm -hmm. into it. So, and we'll we'll get into it plenty, but because you're not that way anymore. No, but not at all. <laughs> but okay, so but keep, yeah, it's, keep going. It and it still is kind of that way. I mean, I I pedal a lot now, but. Um, I do it to ride downhill. I don't. Yeah. I don't pedal to pedal uphill. I just do it for fitness, and that makes riding downhill more fun. But my priority always is going as fast as possible downhill and having the most fun as I can yeah. going downhill using gravity fed. And and what did what did mom? I mean, and if you guys ever get a chance to meet Mister, I call him my my Majaya boy here. His mom is amazing. Yeah, Miss Sally Mahia out there. She's the best. Oh my gosh, that's that's <laughs> the. That's the, the, you could say way more. It's an understatement. Like, yeah, an understatement. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Sally's amazing. No, she was, a, she was a key role in that, actually, because she was willing to drive down to the valley or wherever we wanted to go to, and she would shuttle us up the hill because at that point I didn't have a driver's license either. Um, so I just had a bike, and she would, she would drive me around everywhere and um, drive me up the hill and I would ride down the downhill track and she'd meet me at the bottom and we'd go do that like four or five times until I was exhausted and then go home and because she knew that's what I wanted to do and um that was just that was that was awesome for her to, to do that it really instilled like um just making that a priority so that was good that's awesome mm -hmm. I know I, and I bring up Sally because great role model in your life because yeah. very 
I don't want to say it's cut and dry. She lets you go off the beaten path, but she also brought you back to the beaten path, right? For sure. Like, yeah. So it keeps you humble. Like, mm-hmm. so having her in your back pocket was, I mean, I only got three years of her, so I, I you know, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, she was uh, fully supportive of any kind of bike riding the whole time. So that was really, that was really good. Um, yeah. And, um, I guess I was hanging out at a local bike shop near where I live right now in West Hills called Spoken Wheel. Uh-huh. Um, and the store owner there, we kind of became friends with him and I was friends with all the people that worked there. And, um, he pretty much put me on his team. Uh, it was a Spoken Wheel bike team, specialized team. Um, and we kind of raced Fontana and just rode as like a <laughs> squad and it was just a, a blast. Um, yeah. They even have like a, we took a, like a big picture and we were even on the front of the store still. Oh, cool. Um, just all, all of it. I don't even know if you guys know that. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh so who, just you and your buddies or? Yeah. Just yeah. me and my buddies and we're all still friends and we all still How hang far out. is that from where you're at now? Um, like two miles. So you need miles. to go take a picture so we can put it up on the Huckabee. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Like how, how cool is I that? Pa- right? I pass by it all the time and it's kind of a trip. It's them just like in the front of the store, just yeah. like standing there. <laughs> so, so who were some of the friends that, that were um, there with you? So, um, buddy Griffin, Dalton Bush, um, Justin Bush, two brothers. They're uh-huh. all good, really good friends. Uh, Walter Contreras, who's the manager of that shop still. Um, and a couple other guys. Okay. Um, yeah, just just friends that still ride bikes a bunch and we're yeah, still ripping. That's um, cool. So basically, I met while I was just hanging out there. I met um, this guy named Jesse, and Jesse was the current specialized rep at the time. And he was like, "Hey, do you want a job?" I'm like, "Yes, I, I need a job." Is that I, Jesse Porter? Um, Shorter. Yeah. No, it wasn't Jesse Porter. Oh, okay. Um, I forgot his last name to be honest, but he lives in Idaho now. Um, but he, he, yeah, he was a specialized rep and he got me a job at a place called performance cyclery, um, which was in Santa Clarita where I live. And, um, not the chain, the individual, not the chain, individual stores. Fred owned it. mm -hmm, is a specialized Cannondale store. Um, and yeah, he's like, do you want a job? I'm like, yeah, his girlfriend, I think they're still dating. His girlfriend, uh, worked there as well. So that's kind of where the connection came from. And I came in and didn't know really anything about bikes, honestly. Didn't know how to work on bikes. Didn't know about road bikes at all. Um, didn't know about components. And I worked sales for like three months, and I kind of hated it, to be honest. I hated selling bikes. But um, <laughs> they're like, hey, do you want to be a mechanic? I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. And um, slowly but surely, I, I figured it out and stuck with it. I worked there for about, say, a year and a half. And then um, things kind of changed. And um, another another brand came in the store, and uh, Lala was working for them. And um, Lala came along, and I knew I knew about the race team, and I knew about these all these opportunities, and how like factory it was, and how amazing it was. And I was like, shoot, I think I can have a chance to like maybe be on this team. And um, I remember when you walked through the door, and I was like, oh, this might be happening, because <laughs> I was like, she's gonna she's gonna be running the store. Um, so yeah, they took over and. Um, got on the race team and kind of the rest was history from there. I believe you were there like two weeks and you took off to Whistler with coach, right? <laughs> you were like, I don't know these guys, but sweet. I'm going to Whistler. I'm going to Whistler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for and, sure. And you had a blast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, yeah. I, all I know is, is it was a really cool picture because I changed up some of the pictures and, and 
the day I put your picture up, your mom was like, that big old service picture up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sally was like, that's my kid. <laughs> like, it was like a proud moment, right? Yeah. How some, like, you were standing up there getting your diploma or something, yeah. you know? So, so now I'm on two bike shops. There yeah, you go. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know he's already famous at yeah, another bike right? shop. Right, <laughs> exactly. And he acted shy when I did that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And if cool. you guys ever meet Trevor or haven't known, he is very modest and very... Does not go out there and oh, like yeah. just. He's I, pretty. He's pretty low key. He's right. chill. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, but it's got a heart of gold. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned Whistler. So that was kind of. I think I. I met Trevor <clears throat> at the shop. Mm-hmm. Like I had come in there and and because uh, I was doing a bunch of work and you know fixing stuff up and mm-hmm. had met you and I was like yeah he can come to Whistler that that's cool you know it's a bunch of bunch of us old guys going but he can come i don't care yep and it was it was uh yeah it was it was great i obviously had always wanted to go to whistler and um to go with the squad of guys that had already been there a couple times and um wasn't buckle there the first time too yeah buckle buckle showed up him and liz had come up for a few days and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i think you guys did some some riding with them yep and then uh um but I, I just remembered, so I think I had your phone number, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's pretty spotty when you're in Whistler, like, how much service do you really have? And then all of a sudden, you're texting me, okay, I got here, I'm out of the taxi, where where are you guys? And I just see a guy with a bike bag, which isn't uncommon in Whistler Village anyways, but yeah. I just see a guy like kind of wandering almost in circles <laughs> just <laughs> looking for for wherever we are yeah and so i remember that yeah <laughs> yeah so but it was cool because that was that was you know really where i started to get to know you mm-hmm. and uh pretty pretty funny because i think our gosh almost our first run all of us were together and like i crashed right on my head like one of our first oh i do remember that one of our first runs and yeah. i was just like oh this guy probably thinks i'm a bigger idiot than i actually am but to whatever be, to be fair the conditions that whole weekend were not great and it was rainy and wet and cold and yeah we're used to sunny dry and blown out socal conditions yeah. so um yeah that was that taught me a lot about riding actually that trip because it was full on like mud fest in some places and whistler's pretty gnarly so yeah yeah it taught me a lot of a lot of skills yeah but that was good okay so you uh so got your job at the the bike shop let's let's backtrack so you talked about you're you're on the spoken wheel team mm-hmm. you're still racing beginner yeah racing beginner and then racing sport as well okay um at one point i did one expert race and it was actually the national at fontana um, okay at that point i had a khs downhill bike that i bought off pink bike um it was just all black and had like cool suspension and stuff and um, I raced that. Yeah, I remember racing the national. There it was so gnarly. I was. I've never been so nervous in my life because it went down the face at yeah. Fontana. And oh yeah. Huge crowd, and I'm sure you guys were there. I had oh, no yeah. idea who you guys were though. But yeah. <laughs> um, I remember I made it down, and um, yeah, all my friends were there too, and it was just a really, really fun time, and it kind of got me hooked on racing from there. Um, and then that was honestly one of the last like specific downhill races that I feel like I've done. Um, then. I got kind of into the enduro scene. The enduro scene kind of to take off, started to take off a little bit. Um, at the shop, I ended up buying and building myself a custom like S-Works enduro just because bike shop, that's just like felt like I needed to take advantage of that. And 
um, because of that, I, I uh, was able to do some races and me and all my buddies wanted to race and we ended up getting like a wild card pick into some of the EWS races and we were totally not prepared for any of that. We just were kind of dumb and that was the hot thing to do. <laughs> um, so we just did it and we went to Aspen twice actually um, to race there and it was a lot of fun. It was definitely a big learning experience. Um, but that, he went there with you on that one too, right? That was later. This was this was before I knew oh, you guys. Okay. Yeah, we we raced U twenty one and um, yeah, I don't even know if you guys know that, <laughs> but we raced U twenty U twenty one and got smoked and it was like the hardest day ever. But it was a really cool experience and glad glad we did it. So so what what prompted you to move from downhill to enduro? Because you you talked about how you you I mean would prefer to shuttle just to go downhill. But yeah. But what was you know, I think cause that, that's a big move to go from, you know, shuttling, doing exclusive downhill to now you're pedaling yourself to the top. Yeah. And, you know. Actually, yeah, I take that back, actually. So um, when I was connected with Spoken Wheel, um, I got myself an enduro like expert um, carbon enduro or ex comp enduro or comp carbon or something. And um because at the time it was either get a downhill bike or get this like bitchin enduro bike that's kind of like the hot bike right now the the enduro still is but it was like the hot thing right. at the at the moment and um, I had the opportunity to get it at a good price and I was like let's do it so I got the enduro because figured um, I could get a cool cool like a downhill bike kind of and also at the same time um, be able to pedal a little bit right um, but still main focus was was still <laughs> going uh, down. was still going downhill yeah. um and then that just eventually leads to pedaling a lot <laughs> and just doing it right um and just getting faster and faster uphill too yeah getting okay. more fit mm -hmm. all right so um so then we'll fast forward again so we're at the whistler trip and mm -hmm. and uh i mean i immediately you know we hit it off we're both pretty low-key and chill and just like to ride bikes yep. so um you get on the the team with lala and i mm -hmm. and i think you're a racing expert when you first came on yep and i immediately saw it was it was good because you had some speed you had some but you're a very conservative rider mm -hmm. generally speak like you're very conservative and yep. you don't you're not super high risk. You're yeah. not, you ride really within your means. And so that was kind of one of our goals was, all right, I think I put it to you straight and we're like, we're going to push those boundaries. You know, we're going to bring some aggressiveness to it. Mm -hmm. And you really embrace that. You really, you, I saw you push yourself beyond your comfort level a lot. Yeah. And I think it really turned you into I mean, for, for you, your, your beast mode, because you just like, I don't think, I don't think th that he thought he was able to get there. Like you were always comfortable just chilling with the guys. Like, yeah. Well, so I'd always, I raced expert for a while actually. And, um, I was doing all right in expert class and it was fun to race that and be a little bit competitive, but Honestly, I was still getting smoked by the top expert guys and then definitely getting smoked by all the pro guys. And um, there was definitely something missing that I had to kind of figure out. Um, I think you and Coach figured out because I remember, I remember it was the Big Bear 
the Big Bear thing when you came in and you had one. Yeah. And it was like, it was a whole. Well, I kind of, through talking to you, I kind of realized like, damn, enduro is actually a really hard sport because you have to be going, honestly, like to be competitive, you have to be going 100% the whole entire time. And any kind of moment that you're not going 100%, someone else who is, is beating you. Or anytime you make a little mistake or miss a line or are not focused completely about being 100% aggressive while you're racing in the race run, you're going to get beat every time. Yeah. For sure. Especially in Southern California when there's so many people racing all year long. Right. I didn't mean to cut you off on that. but No, yeah, no. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I remember was. you came down to Big Bear and you looked at me and when you had told us you went to go find out what you were getting and, you, and, and Coach knew before you even got back, he's like, he is a different writer right now. Yeah. You you found your your niche, and you weren't in the shadows, or you weren't like just being there. You were actually being there and doing what you came there to do, what you had the ability to do. Yeah, and so, yeah, I knew I. I mean, riding the riding downhill like kind of came naturally to me, like flowing and being fast and all that stuff. But racing is a whole different game, and um, honestly, like yeah, racing at Big Bear and then racing at Fontana, which honestly was never my favorite, but doing that over and over again like weekend after weekend kind of like forced good habits to go fast like always yeah um so that was good so then um when you're on the team you uh you with with lala and i you you started branching out and i think really well one is you were older and kind of had saved up some money (laughs) (laughs) but you you went and did some really cool races like traveled around the world Mm -hmm. traveling is huge part of my life been lucky through my mom to travel to some pretty amazing places and just through family and stuff and um the coolest thing in the world to me is honestly traveling and riding my bike in these cool destinations because i think that when you're riding your bike anywhere you get to see a different part of the world that most people don't even get to see when they live there Cause you're just up in the mountains and away and yeah. get to explore just, just countryside and just places that most people don't get to go. So I find that try to take advantage of those opportunities and really like go explore places. Um, so yeah. Yeah. What, what are some of the places that you've I mean, just, gone and raced your bike? Just at? through race. I mean, domestically just through racing, like all the BME series, the big mountain enduro series, um, Montana, Colorado, New Mexico, um, Utah, just all these, all those, like uh, California, um, Oregon, yeah, um, Nevada, all the, all those, all the states around us, really, just seeing these really cool, amazing places that, yeah, most people don't get to see. Um, last or two years ago, right before COVID hit, um, Blake and I went to Thailand to race, which was probably the coolest place I've ever been to to race or even be, honestly, and. Um, we went with um, Cody Kelly, which was cool because he had been there before. Um, so he kind of got to show us around and really he, he's like the VIP, right? So we were kind of hanging out with him and got to, because of that, we got, got to do some pretty cool stuff and hang out with all the local guys and got like mopeds and, or Honda Groms and traveled the countryside, went to the like, tallest peak in Thailand and nice. did some racing on those. Race, uh... Raced up the hill, <laughs> raced down the hill, got sketchy. Um, I've seen some of these pictures and the Blake that he's talking about. So you guys all know is Blake master Angela. Mm-hmm. So really good friend of his as well mm-hmm. was on our team for a, for a year or so. Mm-hmm. So yep. yep. 
that was that was really cool. Um, I haven't raced in Whistler, but I don't even want to race in Whistler. It's so gnarly. But <laughs> I like I just like riding there. Yeah, right. Um, Whistler is cool. I remember the race you guys did back east and. It was seven stages or six stages, oh, and it was Tennessee, and it was <laughs> raining. <laughs> Trevor and I both had a we had like ex- had, we ex- had quite a weekend. Ex- that explain that trip a little bit, like um, so Tennessee. We drove the Sprinter van out there, so we didn't we didn't fly out there. We drove out there. We drove like twenty four hours straight through the night, um, just taking turns. A little so bit like, longer than twenty four hours because yeah. it's like thirty eight hours away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like me, you, or Jason, and. Uh, and Drake were driving That's right. the first leg, and then while Cole and McKenna just slept. That was, that was cool. Um, I think that well, was it. Welcome was a to time. Coach's World. Yeah. McKenna Merton and Cole Suedos is yeah. who you're talking about. There you go. Mm-hmm. Drake um, Barron. Yep. And then uh, race in Tennessee. First couple of days of practice were like some of the most fun days I've had on a bike because the Windrock Wind Rock Bike Park is honestly amazing um and but your guys's little stay was good too right new yeah, stove we had a little <laughs> little little shack to stay in yeah that's how bike racing goes but hey you don't know what those places look no. like on the computer it's like dating right like yeah. they show you one picture and you get there and it's like totally yeah how'd i know you guys stove was gonna <laughs> go out <laughs> we got we got catfish for sure <laughs> um, <laughs> um but the race the race ended up being a total mud fest um like the night before the race um, the downhill race, at least, total torrential rainpour, um, super sloppy peanut butter conditions, and I remember <laughs> seeing Jason come down the hill like just dead. Yeah. Um, because you, you're not even moving up there. Respect all the downhill racers that were going fast that weekend, because that's just beyond me. Yeah. Um, for the enduro, it um, wasn't raining, which honestly kind of made it worse, um, but it ended up drying out a little bit. But it got to the point where, yeah, your tires don't have any more tread left on them, and your your chain's covered in mud and chain's coming off from the chain guide and you can't clip in at all. I'd rather would have rather been on flat pedals and um just a it was also a huge day. It was like seven stages and probably like a six, seven thousand foot day. Um super exhausting but good experience. But having to drive home after that, like the day after. Yeah. Um, I remember when you guys got back here and we were cleaning everything out of the van. So dead. There was so much mud in there. there I oh, think you guys brutal. brought back a whole mouthful yeah. of, <laughs> yeah. of McKenna and Cole was like, look, Lols, look it. And it was like holding up their pants that were still so muddy. Yeah. yeah. Just so you know, that's the weekend Coach became a fair weather rider. Yeah. Because this last time, when he seen one raindrop, he went and changed. He yeah. was done. <laughs> I'm sure people call me a fair weather rider as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, I know what that mud gets like. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was cool. That was an experience for sure. I'll probably never forget that. Right? Um, it's memories, it just, right? It was just tough and a lot of learning and learn how to ride in the mud and got some mud spikes from Kenda that, that day. And I'd never ridden mud before. And it was, it was crazy. But I remember good, asking good Coach, is he in yet? And he's like, no. And it was like four yeah. hours on yeah, that he'd last. Been, he'd been out there a while. Yeah. And – and then it started raining, and mm-hmm. you're like, that was dope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But how fun. I mean, but it's memories, right? Like, just like anything, you, just when you went to Thailand, like, you just don't know what things are yeah. going to be like. So. That's my favorite part about bike racing, to be honest, is not even – I mean, racing is cool and being competitive and pushing your body and stuff is cool, but my favorite part for sure is seeing all my friends that I've made through bike racing 
um, just hanging on the same place, doing the same thing in these incredible places um, and just making memories with them. That's that's my favorite part for sure. Well, that's what we met a lot of people doing this team over the years. And it's it's funny because we're still doing, you know, we've seen them all go off and have family and kids and some come back and go back. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. but we always said that's the cool part because the, the people we've seen and we're still doing what we were doing all these years, you mm-hmm. know, and so it, it is cool. It's amazing. I mean, they're. A lot of my friends live all around Southern California, but even all across the U.S. And we always see them at these random places in the middle of the mountains. And yeah. it's just cool to hang out. It's just like it's like a race family. It's really cool. Oh, yeah, totally. didn't, you, didn't you just go like when you wouldn't see your mom last and you're out there and so you're like ran into someone that you knew from a race? Yeah, I mean, that's what's cool, too, is if I'm somewhere, chances are someone that I know knows where to go on a trailhead or something or I meet up with somebody or whatever so i try to make as many connections as i can right so no it's good it 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 works out for sure but you're also out there not not out there by yourself and leaving people worrying also so yeah it's pretty cool although although the last time i did ride in my mom lives in tucson right now and she uh she shuttled me to the top of mount lemon which is the big mountain there and i thought it was going to be a shuttle right so i thought i was going to be done in like 45 minutes from the top of the bottom to the mountain and didn't realize how many climbs there were going to be and how tough it is to ride there it ended up taking like three hours and I had no cell phone service. I was by myself, had one bottle, one bar. So I ran out of food and water. And oh my god! She probably thought I was like strung up on a cactus somewhere oh, yeah. in the middle of Mount <laughs> Lemon because there's just cactus everywhere. Oh yeah. Um, but I made it down luckily. <laughs> oh wow. That's yeah. You and your brother have done that a couple oh, times. Oh man. Yeah. I, yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You think, you think you're, in for like he said you know an hour or less of riding you get in it's an all-day event yeah a little, little over your head and people aren't happy with you that happens. i hear something rustling in the bushes i'm riding really fast <laughs> let me tell you the lions tigers and bears aren't getting me <laughs> i just try not try not to think about that focus on what i'm doing oh dude yeah. i'm like you want to see me ride really fast just put something like that in the bushes next to me i'm gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like a snake at the top of the fontana oh my gosh one time no we were practicing we had just raced there and then the following weekend we did team ride we go there it's a saturday this is a long long time ago and we're all at the top and we're rewriting and it's really hard like in fontana like to ride the course that you just raced yeah when there's no race tape tape up it's weird to find out where you went right to look at that hill and try to decide where to go it's a maze so we're going across this one part and all of a sudden jay's leading us and there's like seven or eight people with with me like we're going all of a sudden jay's gone like we're up on the hill and you can see him down at that cul-de-sac i'm like wow, he didn't even wait for any of us. Like, I'm not good on this. Like, well, <laughs> I call him. I'm like, what happened? Oh, no, Lore called you. It was because there was a big old rosy boa going across. So he left us all of yeah, those snakes. Do and snakes. Jay I don't does care not what do kind th- it is. <laughs> He's seen around. it and took off. Of course, Adrian and them stopped. And, oh, yeah. And stopped and picked up the snake. Oh, look at it. I'm like, no, no, no. Adrian, go put that thing away. I'm out. <laughs> and I was nervous to make go down the mountain, but it was like, there's a snake. Like, I was like, oh, my God, don't move. <laughs> yeah. So that happens. Yeah. So who's your crew that you regularly ride with now? Oh, man. it's a It changes a lot, honestly. It's kind of whoever's available, but just um, we've got a, kind of a good local crew going right now. Um, 
Blake, obviously, we're roommates together, so we uh, ride the most together, I would say. My other roommate, Parker, as well, um, ride with him a lot. Um, we all ride, ride and race bikes, so that's pretty awesome what we've got going down there. Um, ride with Curtis Keen a lot. He's, like, 10 minutes away. He's been a big part of why I've been able to go so fast as well because he's proven to be mm-hmm. really fast. And You're dis- chasing. Discipline. And <laughs> right. Yeah, he... He he makes us go on huge rides, and we follow him down some stupid stuff and go really fast everywhere, and it's kind of forceful, but um, it gets you really fast and fit, and um, it, it couldn't couldn't really ride with a better person, to be honest. Um, another person is Tanner Keatsman, um, LA Bike Ranch on Instagram. Um, he's Love the, Tanner. Yeah, he, uh, he used to be the demo driver. Um, for specialized and now he's um, working his way up through the specialized chain but we ride with him a lot too he's that's kind of the main crew i would say but we've got um there's so many people that shred bikes and ride bikes all the time down where we live in like the calabasas like thousand oaks area there's trails everywhere and um liam from worldwide cyclery he's another one um there's a there's a bunch of people honestly we just went on a big like thanksgiving ride um thanks at thanksgiving a couple days ago and probably had like 10 10 people there and um normally it's about a crew from like five to ten people that we've got riding at all times and um that are always down to meet up super early on the weekends or whatever and um, we go ride for like three or four hours and we have a great old time get to explore the mountains yeah i because i i think i said this earlier but I kind of watched your riding go from, you know, specific towards, I guess, racing goals. Mm-hmm. You know, you were really focused on that mm-hmm. to almost like just epic rides, like yeah. just big rides and just, you know, pushing your body. I have to give cr- credit from that to Curtis, honestly, because Curtis is like a madman. He just rides always and just pushes his body always like to the limit. Um farther than what, what i can do but he pushes my limits all the time and he loves to see that through us i think he likes to see us like yeah pushing. it's a challenge um so yeah we had like last summer i remember coming home most weekends just destroyed like couldn't even do anything the rest of the day i was totally bonked because it was so hot and just so miserable but um it's just training and you, you your body adapts eventually and you get really strong and really fit and it's really cool to see that and um, it's fun to be able to do that every weekend, honestly. So, pushing your bodies, none of you wear a chamois. <laughs> I wear a chamois sometimes. I have, I own one chamois, though, so I don't get to wear it all the time. <laughs> that will require him to do laundry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that, that's, I we, just, we didn't t- talk about his home sk- his homekeeping skills. <laughs> no, right? my homekeeping skills are great. <laughs> I remember him telling me this, like, a year and a half, two years ago, whatever. I'm just like, what the heck you're doing? Like, I remember that. I, I mainly, three to four hour rides. I mainly wear a chamois, honestly, to like put stuff in the back pocket, the swap bib, especially swap bib. I use that to like put food in it because you can't, can't carry enough food in your pockets and I, bottles and stuff. Dude, you got to have some saddle sores. Like, <laughs> are you Iron built ca- some, yeah, some good uh, calluses there. Yeah. That's insane. Just get, you just get used to it. I don't get it. Yeah, but it's, whatever. It's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you admit it's dumb, yeah. but you know. Yeah. So how's your, um, you just recently let Lala and I know you're not returning to the team, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's it's all good mm-hmm. because everyone kind of, it's. Just move things, on. Things 
But that's what we're for. Yeah. We are that. People's, that team people's is lives. That, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, fitting for a time. You still have race plans? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I don't see, I feel honestly more fit and strong than I've ever been right now. Um, just cause I've just stuck with riding and working out in the gym a lot. And, um, I don't see, I won't probably make it as much of a priority to race. Yeah. I would still love to race. I, every time I feel like I'm riding, I feel like when I'm on a downhill trail, I'm always racing it. Just he still wants to know which ones we're going to so he can room with us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, sure. you know, where's your trailer at? Where's, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your trailer, and I know Nancy knows this, that back bed is his. If, oh, tra- yeah. if Trevor's there, that's his bed. He doesn't even care. Yeah. yeah. So that's Trevor's um, room. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I I don't ride as many enduro-style trails, I would say, anymore because um, it – Honestly, the riding we have near us doesn't really fit that as well. Um, we do have like exceptional downhill trails in Rocky Peak and some amazing downhill trails like in our backyard, which honestly I don't take advantage of enough. But um, we have so much single track all around us, and I have an Epic Evo, specialized Epic Evo, and I ride that thing so much. Yeah. I ride the thing everywhere because it just is perfect. So I would like to race that thing honestly. That I found it to be perfect for racing at the local Big Bear races and the backcountry stuff. Yeah. Um, maybe just any kind of race like that I would love to do, maybe even like Downeyville or something like that. Um, but I also just got a Kinevo SL, which is the half- – That was going to be our question. Yeah. What, what's, what's your yeah, – Yeah, what's, your... what's, what's the uh, bike stall looking like? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have the Epic Evo, um, which is the XE Shred trail bike. Um, I kind of have it set up like a stump jumper, so it's, it's like a trail bike really, but it pedals like – a machine and I can fit two bottles in it and just pedal all day with it, which is amazing. Till you cramp. Yeah, until I cramp. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I just got a Kinevo SL because I just gave the Enduro back to you guys, which was amazing. But um, the Kinevo is set up like the Enduro. It's I have it at 180 travel. So you're really telling yourself you got the Kinevo because you gave us back the Enduro? <laughs> I mean, you keep telling yourself that because you could have kept that bike to use. So you could use whatever excuse. Sally, if he used that as an excuse with you, he's lying. Um, <laughs> Just but kidding. But the, the bike's set up like an Enduro bike, and it wants to smash, smash trails and ride downhill gravity-fed stuff really fast. It's a half-power e-bike, so doesn't go as fast as a normally bike up the hill, but you, you still got to pedal under your own power a fair bit. It's, I think it's double what you put out exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, so what we actually used, we rode them a lot last year, and we would do a big XC ride on Saturday and then be pretty smoked from that. And then on Sunday, ride the e-bikes oh, all day and be able to still pedal because we weren't. it's not super tiring. It's still tiring, but not crazy. And Yeah, I was going to say, I, I get tired. It's on more my... like recovery, but... You still get pretty tired, but we still get to ride downhill trails a lot. Um, so you're just getting as much downhill time in as possible. So you guys basically. have your e-bike days for sure. For sure. Oh, and what's right. cool is a lot of the guys around us have e-bikes as well, the same e-bikes, the Kinevos or Levo SLs, and um, we all kind of squat up and go for a big rip, and it's really fun. Yeah, Jay um, has his, and he digs it. So yeah. I would like to uh, do some races that race the e-bike class, actually which I think will be really fun, but I don't think that bike's going to be very competitive in a environment where other e-bikes are for uphill stuff because it'll get smoked on any kind of flat or uphill. Right. But anything downhill, I think it's by far the fastest e-bike out right now. Um, so anything gravity-fed, like Big Sky is a good example, um, Durango, another example, any kind of those BMEs I think would be pretty good in the e-bike class. So I would like to do that. Maybe some California Enduros, although the California Enduros are pretty pedally. 
in stage. Yeah. So I don't think it would be too competitive on that, but I s I'll still race it. It'll be fun. Yeah, I don't know. It could still probably do pretty well, like at China Peak. Yeah, I'm just thinking of on stage two, there's that one flat traverse. Yeah. Probably gets smoked yeah. right there, but everything else that's gravity fed, man, that bike is such a beast. Yeah. It goes really fast. So yeah. I'm still getting used to it. I've only had it for like three weeks, but um, I've ridden it at Rocky Peak and um, my local downhill, downhill track in the backyard like a couple times, and it's blown my mind. So nice. It's cool. Still still like to go fast in the enduro bike for yeah. sure. Do you uh, still have a road bike? I don't have a road bike. I had a road bike when I was living in Santa Clarita because they have, like, honestly, the best bike paths in the world. Oh, um, yeah. We talked about that with Spencer Rathcamp mm -hmm. last week. Yeah, like Spencer Alvin. takes full advantage of those. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're completely separate from the cars, so I can just right. chill on the bike path and kind of do what I want to and listen to music and stuff. And He wore Lycra then, so he did have chamois yeah. then. <laughs> I do have chamois. <laughs> just not ones with pockets in them. There you go. <laughs> um, no, but I I did enjoy that when I was working up there. Um, I did like going on road bike rides up there, but it's funny because now where I live is actually world-class roads to ride your road bike on, but I can't get myself to do it because it's so dangerous in my opinion. Like, yeah. Um, I have some friends that drive like supercars and we drive those roads like madmen and to be on a road bike on that road, it just seems so stupid to me, even though, yeah, people come from all over the world to ride the road bikes in like Malibu. Right. Um, and that's only like 20 minutes away, but, um, yeah, I'd rather ride my mountain bike through the hills. There you go. Yeah. It's your, it's your, it's your go-to. And my, my, uh, Epic is, is like my road bike now. I use it in the same kind of fashion. So just big, long, yeah. long rides. So it's good. Which cool. one's also your gravity bike? Or your gravel bike? The Epic, honestly, is like my downhill bike, road bike, and gravel bike. There it's, you go. it's all of them. Yeah. We do some stupid downhill trails on the bike. And um, last Sunday, we did a huge, like, 50 mile gravel ride on the Epics, too. So it's, it's, it's blown me away with how capable that bike is and how easy it is to pedal, like, super long distances, but also keep composure and rip trails fast downhill. So it's, and my you're also, bike. on top of all this, you're working. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you're going to school. Yep. So, um, working currently right now for a sign shop that my buddy's parents own, um, which is pretty convenient while I'm in school, um, finishing up my last semester. It should be done in like three weeks. So I have finals coming up right now, which is a little bit stressful to be honest, but, um, then I'm done. So on to the next chapter. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Three more weeks. I'm glad. Pretty much. Yeah. That's awesome. I took, I took two years off when, I was working at the bike shop just because I wanted to work full time and save up some money and just kind of live a little bit. I wasn't nice about him being out. Yeah, I know. I, I remember. Yeah. I was kind of I was kind of burnt out to be honest. Like I was commuting to school and it was a lot of gas and a lot of time wasted to go to school and not even learn much to to be honest. And I just hated it. It just seems so pointless to me. And um, I still wanted to get my degree and finish up and accomplish that. And my mom pushed me through that as well. And Honestly, through the pandemic, having everything be online was kind of a blessing for me because I was able to um, still study and do school at home at my desk, which I enjoy actually, on my own time, and then be able to ride and work at my own time. Um, so I was able to manage my time a little bit better while still accomplishing everything I wanted to accomplish, and it's worked out, honestly. So I know, I know a lot of people don't do not like online school. Um, but I enjoy it for the freedom that it gives me to you definitely ma manage have that, my time. Yeah, you definitely have that focus. I seen it when I was working with you. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah, I don't that's, think I could do that. But I couldn't. I, no. No. 
I need yeah. to be in. It takes a lot of discipline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I'm more of a hands-on person anyways, too. Yeah. No, and I remember being at the shop, and you'd, you're like, hold on, I got to log in real quick because you had to try to get a class or whatever. And, yeah. You know, so you're like, I'm taking my lunch. It's stressful for sure, but it's uh, it's a good accomplishment. It's, it's good to, to, to force yourself through some discipline as well. So are you wrenching at all? No, I'm wrenching on my own bikes, which I super enjoy, actually. I mean... You have, you have some customers who really like to you, though. Yeah. So. When I, I, I really do have a passion for working on bikes and um, through working at the shop for so many years, like, I've learned a lot about my own bike, which I'm so grateful for because I can, if I have any kind of problem with my bike, I know exactly what's happening with it. I know exactly how to fix it, and um, that's super useful, especially when you're racing. You kind of have to know that stuff, um, and you have to be prepared for the inevitable and be able to fix it on the fly. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm constantly working on my own bikes cause we ride them so hard that things break and things come out of tune and things come out of adjustment and you need to be able to fix that always. And right. it's always important to have a clean bike and all that stuff. Well, and you kind of took that role on the team too. You guys, you guys would be places and you would tell me, oh my yeah, God. He would just always tell me that, that I just need to wash my bike <laughs> several times. I, you know, Hey Trevor, this isn't working. Did you wash your bike? Yeah, Jay, Jay washed your bike. I do remember that because yeah. one time it was just squeaky <laughs> from the dust. I remember this. But McKenna Merton from when you guys went to Tennessee, yeah. she told everyone she had her own private mechanic there. So because yeah. you'd wash those muddy things, you'd yeah. tune them up and get them all ready for the next day. So. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. I mean, it's nothing's worse than when you have a problem with your bike and you can't ride it to its full potential. So if it's something simple that I can fix and do it real quick for somebody, I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did awesome. Mm -hmm. as, as You were a great team member for sure. Mm -hmm. I just know you put up that post and everyone was like, where are you going? What are you doing? And I was like, oh, just. Nowhere. Yeah. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm still doing <laughs> and me. It's, and it's on good terms because we totally still love you and mm -hmm. it's not like anything bad. So you're still doing laps at Rocky Peak? Honestly, um, no, but they're coming back. Okay, they're coming back. Well, winter's, um, winter's coming. So like I would say two to three years ago, um, kind of – Leading up into the pandemic, Rocky Peak was hot. It was, like, the best place to ride your bike, I think, ever, especially when the dirt was good. We had um, our crew, kind of the same crew we always ride with. Uh, we call it all the laps crew. Um, and we would go and literally just fix trails that we wanted to ride and make them He'd just. He'd be late to work because he was out <laughs> fixing trails. For sure. <laughs> I it's remember this. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'd be digging always there. Yep. And um, it was really important to us because we get to reap the benefits of working hard to to fix the trail and um yeah we made rocky peak um i don't want to take all the credit for it because a lot of guys put way more work in than me but um yeah we made that place pretty legit especially when the dirt was good but it stopped raining <laughs> it doesn't didn't rain here anymore so it's hard to work on that place um one of the one of the best days we've ever had there was right before the mountain got shut down because there was too many hikers on the mountain from just people not working from the pandemic like right when that all kind of hit right um, and that was one of the best days, best dirt days we've ever had, big crew and stuff. And yeah, mountain got shut down and kind of stopped for a little bit. Um, then kind of started to resume a little bit, but people kind of didn't, weren't really riding as much. The big problem was, um, there was an app called all trails, um, which is like a hiking app, hiking trail app. And they were saying that there's a swing at the top of Rocky peak and there is a swing at the top of Rocky peak. Um, but hikers didn't really know how to get to it so they ended up all of la pretty much was there trying to find this freaking swing and going on mountain bike trails and it got kind of dangerous um because the trails there are so fast um people right. are, people are getting hit and arguments and 
angry hikers and stuff like that on I mean it's all unsanctioned but all on mountain bike trails when they should have been on like the hiking trails and so we kind of stayed away from there a little bit and that's kind of when I started riding my XC bike a lot more and riding other trails that people can't really hike to as easily you know um but that being said now that I have an e-bike makes <laughs> it makes Rocky Peak a lot more fun because that road is so hard to climb up um the trails there are doing laps that place gets you really fit but it's a lot of work and it kind of takes it out of you and I'm fortunate now I live 10 minutes from Rocky Peak and um now I can just do a lap on the e-bike real quick do a couple laps and still go fast down the hill and hopefully we get some rain this winter we can fix it up and make it make it working good and yeah get some get some good laps well, in there. well I I asked because I went out I don't it's probably been two years ago now but mm-hmm. a couple times I met you guys on a Saturday or whatever out there and remember how many people were out there oh my gosh there yeah. were a ton but now there's no now there's no one no one I mean people a little bit but yeah not like it was but uh I think you guys are doing like five laps mm-hmm. yeah everyone's getting ready for racing oh my gosh and it's I, the best place to train for an so indoor I go race. out there and I I like okay first time I went I think I lasted two laps so I, next time I came out I'm like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna make it for three but uh, I think I'm I think I'm ready to go go the full swing now. Yeah, now I think you are. I, yeah, I think <laughs> I'm I think I'm ready to to go for five. Take some serious motivation to do five laps there. Yeah, you guys like make the stop at the donut shop. Mm-hmm. Like you have your your whole routine. Well, it's nice because you can do a a big lap, which is like twelve hundred to fifteen hundred feet. I would say maybe like eight miles and uh, maybe four to five miles. But you go back to your truck, so you can get food and gummy bears and water and pre-workout whatever you want oh yeah gummy bears all the all the stuff to get you back up the hill again yeah and then you just repeat rinse and repeat and um this is the best way to train for an enduro race it's the same exact format right you're going slow pedaling up the hill for a while yeah and then you got like eight minutes of solid gnarly rough physical downhill um just people from like three winners ago people from all over the world were enduro races were coming to california just to ride rocky peak because it's such a good place to train. Yeah. I mean, just, just the crew that, that we were riding with there, you know, is all the, any racer from Southern California, enduro racer was, was there. Yep. Um, and at the time I remember seeing Aiden yep. Chapin, who at the time he was, I don't know, 17, maybe Pro- probably, or even younger, Seven, maybe younger, 16, he's yeah. 16. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this kid. Like, he was just going off the front. Anytime, yeah. anytime they were going, he was just, like, pushing himself as hard as he could. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just look at the payoff now. Like, yeah, he's I'm proud of it. So, so Parker and I both grew up pretty much a mile from each other in Santa Clarita. And Parker, Aiden, you're talking about Parker Arnold. Parker Arnold, yeah, yeah, who is my current roommate as well. There you go. Um, he, we both grew up together. Didn't really know each other, but we grew up – um, like about a mile from each other. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You guys didn't know each other then? Not really. We just kind of knew each other through riding bikes because he rides bikes too. And um, I had no idea who Aiden was either. And Parker didn't really either until um, till like they they joined like the high school NICA league. Um, but yeah, my, Aiden grew up like a mile from us as well. No idea. So um, we ended up riding a bunch. And um, I think he kind of looked up to us a little bit. And then you think <laughs> like he did. Yeah. And then <laughs> um, the tables turned. <laughs> he got really fast. And I remember Parker was always so, so confident saying like, I'm never going to let Aiden be faster than me. And then 
like the past two years, he's definitely been faster than him. Because <laughs> I mean, Aiden's one of the fastest kids in the country right now. It's, yeah, it's cool to see how fast yeah. he's he's grown, grown and developed, and uh, the racer he is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. no, definitely. I, I, once again, with mom and dad's support too, because that's been amazing for him too. So. Yeah, it's killing it. Yeah. yeah, I remember you saying something way back. I don't know when you first came on the team. Um, someone you looked up to a lot. Um, he was kind of the fastest racer, you said, kind of in the Santa Clarita area when you were just starting to race, and that was Spencer. Yeah. Who was who was on the podcast last weekend. Uh-huh. So pretty cool, like, just to see the whole progression, like everyone's pushing each other. You always have that person that you're chasing. Yeah. And all of you are chasing Curtis King, mm-hmm. you know. and It's cool. I mean, it was fun. Honestly, during, uh, during the, like, the pandemic, we were just stuck at home and – riding bikes literally every single day and um it was like me parker aiden spencer um and a couple other guys just all the pretty much the fastest group of friends in santa clarita and just trying to explore as many areas as we could and go fast and we all got really fast together actually it was really fun that's awesome Mm -hmm. that's cool that friendship's awesome like you you know you always say where does your what does your two wheels take you you know what i mean and so it's funny actually i met spencer because he was doing well i knew spencer because he was always winning like the xc races at like the local over the hump stuff and he was just killing it like just always just clearly the fastest xc rider out there um and then one time he put it on social media that he was giving away a bunch of jerseys and bibs um and stuff that just leftover stuff that he had and i hit him up and i was like hey i'll, I'll take some like that stuff's pretty expensive right like a bib a nice bib is like 300 bucks right, right. so I hit him up and he's like i'm like dude i'll take some jerseys and some bibs and stuff and um he gave me a bunch um and that really like set me apart of like okay i can do this now i can i can ride a road bike now i can ride i had no bibs or anything and so he gave me a bunch of hand-me-down stuff and i used it for like two years honestly and it uh that made me ride a lot and we kind of became friends after that so, so. he did wear chamois then too so. <laughs> yeah. no that's rad i still wear chamois but not not that much <laughs> yeah, that's that's super cool and it, it's funny because our, our a lot of our podcasts come full circle like the bikes bring us all together but it's always about the people mm-hmm. it's always about like right the camaraderie it, the camaraderie close-knit family you that's know. what we said always made our team stand apart, too. Right. Is, I mean, we is, built that on the team. Yeah, like you even going off of the team. It's not like we're not hanging out, we're not riding, we're not calling each other. We're still there, you know? Yeah. It's just a different entity, but it becomes family and friends throughout mm-hmm. the years. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all my, my closest friends all ride bikes. Right. Yeah. Just, it's just we all have similar interests, and we're all like, like-minded people, and we all just do the same stuff, and um, it's just fun. Yeah. It's a good good family friend unit. And for all you ladies listening out there, he is single, but <laughs> I'm very picky on who he can date and can't date. So, and if you think I don't have a say, ask him. He'll tell you. My standards are high. So, he's, he, and it's true when he says they ride, they all, I remember seeing after work or, you know, like you'll get back and you guys go ride. And it's like, it's cool because someone can get real busy, but then he comes back to that group. So, it's it's really cool. I think it's. I think those are the friends that you always wonder who your village is and who you can call in the middle of the night. You definitely have a village of people you can call in the middle of the night, but for sure it's close knit. You don't need a 50 million people. You got yeah. your group. So I, I, I give Parker credit for this, but Parker always tells me that like biking is the new golf. Cause, um, with biking, it's all these 
meet a lot of like pretty successful people that just like to ride bikes because it's fun and bikes are expensive for sure so only a certain amount of people can really afford like the high-end stuff right right um so it attracts a certain demographic um but it's cool because we get to ride with these people um for like hours and we're just talking the whole time um it's just the best way that i've found to socialize with a ton of people and make a lot of connections um and it's just great for that. I feel like golf, you kind of have to know people, but to play golf with someone, right? Like a businessman or something. But with bikes, it's like someone just shows up to a group ride and then all of a sudden you're talking to this person who's whoever, you know, someone, someone. And Well, I always said like, so there's, so there's the different entities of road, right? Me being in the industry for a long time. You have your road, you have your elitist road, you have your, your casual road, right? You go to a road race, they show up for their... 45 minutes or hour, whatever their timing of racing, and then they're gone. They're not hanging out. You go to downhill races, people are in the pits, like it's it's hanging out, right? Enduro became that festival. It's a party. Exactly. <laughs> and fun. so everybody's there for everybody. I mean, look at your, when, when we got you in to TDS mm-hmm. two years ago, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my God, coach got me into TDS, we're going, like, yeah. you know, and you were so excited, and yeah. then you're like, that was the best time, like, the best. to race, get slapped, hit, crash, <laughs> thrown beer <laughs> on you, and then you're sitting by the, the fire pit talking about it, right? Yeah. So, like, it's really, that, like, I mean, TDS is, like, a little bit extreme, but all the races are like that. They're just, right. It's, like, a really fun environment, and everyone's hanging out and drinking beers, and it's really relaxed, and but also really serious and dangerous, but it's, it's just a really good environment to do it. Exactly. And I mean, you can, you can choose to do your bads if you want to do your bads, but you, you're there. And that's what I always said. I think that family knit and that's, that's what brings everyone. I always say, don't, don't burn bridges that you need to cross over. Cause mm-hmm. you never know who's going to be your next boss, your, your coworker, whatever. And you've seen that. Especially you've seen, in this industry. You've seen that in, well, I think it's in a lot of industries, but because we're in this industry, we see it. Like yeah. the guy who was at this job last week is now over here yeah. and you're like, whoa, and I need a bike or I need, right? And so you just don't cross those bridges and it's it's too small to get mad or life's too short. But mm-hmm. all that familyness, I mean, we, we have people call us or, hey, this, this, or this. And you know, Colby from ODI believed in Jay and I long time ago, and he's definitely one that's will give his shirt off his back for you, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it is that out there, and that's what you have. With, I mean, we have that, you have that, so it's I'm cool. I'm grateful for it. I mean, I've gone on some cool trips with, like, companies like Fast House or, like, Specialized or with you guys, and it's because of the connections that the team has brought forth from that, honestly. It's awesome. You got called my... uh my favorite for a while there so and you were like i'm totally fine with this i don't care i mean i worked i worked hard at the bike shop it wasn't just because of that right you were you were definitely go-to for sure i mean that's you know that's what i'm saying when you were there to work you worked and then to play to play right yeah i remember the first time you rolled up to pick him up in your in your trailer he was like called his mom mom we're on on wheels (laughs) i remember that and like to see you just in the past couple years of where you come is is huge. So any, uh, any races that you would dream of doing or like a goal that you would try I, to, or just, I don't know if it's a goal, but something I really want to like kind of check out the bucket list is one of those mega, mega avalanche races. Okay. Like where you start in the snow at the top yeah. of the Alps and you crash in the first corner. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that seems like something I just need to do. 
okay. and just like check it off the list just seems like a lot of fun <laughs> nice. and it's like i feel like i mean they're racing honestly for like 45 minutes straight down the hill yeah and that's something i would like to do yeah um maybe not with 100 people but um <laughs> this seems hectic and really dangerous but also like a ton of fun yeah i feel like it'd be fun to race in europe somewhere i really want to want to do uh some of like those trans races okay like um like trans cascadia just mm -hmm. happened um trans or not i don't know if it's trans race but they have a race in oaxaca in mexico yeah that's kind of the same idea and you race just the craziest terrain over the course of like six days all right. all blind racing yeah so you don't know any trail you don't know where you're going really you just know you need to get to the bottom of the hill fast are those um, self-supported or is those there's I, th I believe i mean they're i mean you're out in the backcountry so yeah you're self-supported um I mean, i'm sure they have like stations with food and water and stuff and you get fed dinner and breakfast and um, you're gonna you, need more than your Rafa bag. Yeah, you you <laughs> you camp and stuff, and um, yeah, that's something I would like to do for sure. I mean, that's the type of riding I like to do in general, just on a on a weekend. So to do that with a bunch of people racing blind in these crazy locations is something that I'd like to do for sure. Dif different than a normal enduro race. Yeah, kind of like what Spencer was saying up at that Tyrex. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that would sound like a cool trip. Yeah. What was that? Uh, Spencer was sharing about. Um, when he was working for mountain bike action mm. and they went up to, uh, Litcher Colton's. Yeah. 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 I remember, I remember Tyax resort. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was telling us like that way back country. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. That and like, um, they have a trans Madeira. That would be pretty cool. That's yeah. like an Island off Portugal. Uh -huh. That'd be cool. Yeah. Look at, he knows where they're at. He's been doing some oh, more yeah. work. Oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, he's yeah. ready. Yeah. For sure. Well, you don't, do you have to be a certain level to do these or invited or is it something um, you can sign up? No, you just, you can just sign up. They're expensive. They're like $3,000 to race it. But they're fully supported food Full, and everything, mm -hmm. right? So it's a, it's an experience for sure. Um, but yeah, that'd be something I'd like to do. We'll get, we'll get you guys committed and do a checklist and we'll do a fundraiser to get you guys over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? No, it's worth it for sure. That'd be, it'd be cool. I, th I think the Trans Cascadia would be the most special one. I think they did it recently, like a couple weeks ago and all the leaves were yellow and they're doing these crazy ascents and it just looked awesome. Yeah. I, um, that's the one, uh, just before sea otter, they did it. Oh, okay. And Aaron Bradford was at sea otter and he had, I think he finished second at trans Cascadia. Aaron Bradford rips. He's gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. I got the chance to get pretty close with Aaron cause he was in Thailand as well. Yeah. Um, he got second in Thailand. Yeah. Uh, I think he got second, second or third. And anyway, ripping. Yeah. But he's just a cool cat. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a cool dude. Yeah. And, and uh, what's, what's funny about Aaron is he, so I don't know if you even knew this. I think he raced like the college stuff with Kevin Smallman. Oh, really? Yeah. I think he raced against Kevin. Kevin Smallman used to be on our team mm. years ago, mm. who's now teaching up in Oakland area, but he, uh, and still racing. Um, but yeah, they, they both were like pro cross country guys. Yeah. And Aaron's fit. Yeah. He's just extremely talented on a yeah. bike. It's yeah. pretty cool. So anyhow, That's there you go. A little, little bit of trivia for you. I think he else. did pretty well at the Trans Cascadia as well. He does all those races. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys need to sign up and we need to raise money. Yeah. <laughs> Another race I'd like to do too is, uh, it's pretty challenging, but the BC bike race. Yeah. Um, that would be something I would do in my that, epic. Yeah. And that's a team race, right? Mm -hmm. You have to do it as a team. Team. And, uh, it's just big, long days going pretty much as fast as you can. Where's that at? Up and downhill. Um, it's like, I think it's in like North shore of Vancouver. Yeah. Area. It's usually, usually 
I think they do some stages on the island, and they take a boat across and do mm-hmm. it on the mainland too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like camping and stuff, and it just—it's hard. Yeah, really hard race, but it'd be something to check off the bucket list. That's the type of riding I do now, so it's something I'd like to do. That in Downeyville, I'd like to do Downeyville. Nice. Very wow. cool. That's yeah. Yeah, people. I've made that post about you guys, and people thought I was like gonna quit racing, and quit riding bikes. <laughs> like, like, what's your? N- or going to another team? I'm yeah. like, it's not the case at all. No, yeah. and we we know your life. We know yeah. what's up. So, we knew that. So it was just, it yeah. was just, you know. And you've been a blessing to mm-hmm. have on the team for sure. Totally. And uh, I don't know. Let's uh, let's let you lead this one off. What what water bottle are you drinking out of there? Um, Kenda water bottle. All right. Yeah. And you guys remember out there, Kenda is a sponsor of the Huck and Ride podcast. Um, it's H-U-C-K-N-R-I-D-E um, 30. Go to their website. Anything on the bicycle, you get 30% off. Kenda, all your tire needs for your bike. Yeah. Thank you. Kenda's been killing it lately. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They came out the pinner tire, and I love that thing. Nice and soft. Yeah. Yeah. Jay uh, did a, he was in Sedona Mountain Bike Festival, and our YouTube's going up also. So, but he interviewed Roger from Kenda and, and he talked about how Aaron did the uh, pinner and stuff and mm-hmm. other things are in the works, but with pandemic and trying to get something that was really cool with Kenda was when we went to Tennessee, I got to hang out with, um, some of the engineers from Kenda Yeah, and he pretty much went to like a deep dive with me on how they designed the casings and how they designed the rubber and the testing they went through. And, um, I don't know. They're just pretty cool bunch of dudes. Yeah. Um, they're just stoked on making the best tires they can. Well, cause they're out there too. Like they want to go out there and see mm-hmm. what's up and what's, what's flaws and what's not, what's mm-hmm. good, you know? So, Oh yeah. And that, that week they were testing the prototype mud tire and it was pretty cool that they gave me one to use cause I needed it honestly. But, um, there's cool dudes. Like yeah. Sweet. Huck and ride 30. Yep. Get Go check 30% it out. discount. Yep. All right. I think that we are good for now. What do you think? You got any more questions for Trev? Ooh. Dating <laughs> questions? Or? No, no dating questions. <laughs> <laughs> and if you guys ever see him smile, you, you'd love this one. Now. <laughs> um, no, I just, um, I totally dig having you on, having you on the team and being able to work with you. And I, I love to see where you're racing, but your career also, you know, I've, I've pushed you in some of those sometimes not good talks between us as friends, not as um, coworkers, but um, what, what, what is your, what is your, what are you graduating from and what are you going to, what do you want to do with it? Jeez, that's a tough question. <laughs> well, what's your degree in? Um, so my degree was in marketing. Um, it took, I took two years off and I had actually changed my major cause I had to reapply to school. Um, so I ended up just doing a, just a, lib, a just a basic liberal arts degree just to kind of finish up. Um, so a little bit generic, honestly, but, um, yeah, maybe something in the bike industry, maybe something not, we'll see. Do you, you like the bike industry to be able to try that out and see where you can be? For sure. Yeah. I mean, Sweet. it's, it's what I know, you know, so it's what I'd love to do and passionate about it works out. Well, maybe we'll be interviewing him about his next job and where he's at in a year from now and seeing all that after one of his long rides, yeah. his races, Jane. I'd, I'd love to. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, appreciate yeah, you good. taking the time to do this. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, looking forward to it. Honestly, super excited you're graduating school. Mm-hmm. can't believe that. Uh, gosh, that went pretty quick. Yeah. It's well, been, it went quick for us. It probably wasn't. I know, not, not yeah. so much for, for him. For me, it's been, it's been a long time coming for but, me, but it's good to get it out of the yeah. way. Well, I just remember, you know, 
us even talking about just signing up for classes again, having to start all over again, basically. And yep. so, yeah. Yeah. Time to focus on some other areas of my life. It'll be, it's exciting. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah. No, definitely. You're good. You've definitely grown up and, and, and we'll get in adulting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we'll get in some long rides. Let's do it. There okay. you go. All right. No matter where you, where your bike takes you, no matter what trail you head down, Keep the rubber side down. down.